Hello, my name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now, usually I bring you leaders at the top of their game who share their success secrets and their lessons learned along the way. Instead, this is one of three episodes where you can be a fly on the wall of my consulting room. Taking the subject of the inner critic, I coach three very different women in three very different ways. I hope the sessions will help you as much as they help the ladies that I'm coaching. Sit back, enjoy and hold on tight. Thank you so much for agreeing to be part of this. You and I have never met. I've never spoken to you before other than a few email exchanges. And we've just had a quick conversation off the podcast. And um, I'm really looking forward to working with you. But before we start with that, you are in sunny Wales, Mm -hmm. uh, which is one of my favourite places in the world. My husband is from Wales and you're down in Swansea at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you've got that lovely Welsh accent that always makes me <laughs> feel really calm and happy. So it's a delight <laughs> to talk to you. And um, we have had a few email exchanges. And as part of those, um, you were telling me that you do lots of training for leaders. That's kind of the mm-hmm. key part of your role. So you'll be used to knowing what holds people back and helping them to unpick that. But we are it's always the same isn't it when it comes to doing it for ourselves it's really difficult and you always need someone else to kind of help you so that's what we're going to be looking at with you today yes so one of the things that you also told me is that you're single you don't Mm -hmm. have any children Mm -hmm. and um that you you said that you're good at playing the role of a successful person so I'm keen to start there with you and find out a little bit more about what that means So for me, um, I started off my career with this organisation about 18 years ago, I think it is now, and, you know, didn't intend on staying, it was part-time, it was temporary, and, you know, the dream was always to go into become a primary school teacher, and, you know, life just didn't take me down that path. So over time, I have, and I am very proud of having moved up through starting off in a, a temporary position learning mm-hmm. about the organisation and, and taking on an, ad, a, an administrative role and then working through then up to where I am now in training. So I did eventually get into to education and training just <laughs> in a slightly yeah. different path. Um, so, you know, and I have had people who have come up to me and said, you know, I really admire what you've done because you've shown great tenacity, you've shown you've got great strength, you've got great drive and nothing gets in your way and you're always really positive. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you're really good at motivating people. And, you know, I'm used to standing up in front of 40 people at a time and delivering sessions. And I love it. I love being stood up and I love seeing the change in people. But I'm at a point where I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm telling people or giving people snippets of information that they can go away and they can learn and they can grow themselves I really need to start walking that walk and talking that talk myself I've got all those tools in my toolbox but yet 
this inner critic just holds me back and you know I'll start something and then that fear that pit in my stomach so that feeling sets in then and I sort of go oh no I'm gonna hold back and I'm not gonna do it and I'm not gonna move forward and you know start thinking about times where maybe I haven't achieved the things I wanted to and start dwelling on that and lose sight of the goals and what I really want to have are you clear on the goals that you really want do you kind of put time into setting goals I've started doing that more recently and something I have started doing is journaling and writing down what I want and something I would say that has always gotten in my way previously is that I will set myself right within three months I'm going to do this and things might creep in and then I become really hard on myself because I know I set incredibly high standards for myself (laughs) you know I see people can't climb Kilimanjaro without going out and buying the kit and investing in the kit and knowing your roots and taking it step by step but I will set that huge goal uh-huh. and then if I don't achieve it I sort of beat myself up and then almost become a bit too afraid to set more goals for myself for that fear of failure. Okay so you're setting I call them mad goals these mammoth mm. and demanding goals for yourself mm. that feel huge and exciting I'm sure and then you set off on the path towards them and, and realise the enormity of the goal and almost, is it about a fear of success, do you think? Do you know what? Because I, I, I've been dwelling on that recently and I think it is partly that fear of success because it's, right, well, what next? Because if I achieve that really big thing, what am I going to expect of myself and what yeah. are people going to expect of me? Because, you know, I have achieved things, but if I'm honest, I never thought I'd achieve <laughs> So it is that fear of, right, well, if I put myself up, what am I going to have to, what what goal, what possible goal would I set myself next? And I, I would sort of start thinking too far ahead, you know? Yeah, it's that thing around how big is the mountain going to be next time if I get to the top yeah. of this one? And mm-hmm. will I be able to do that? Yeah. It's really, really common, actually. I, I hear this with lots of clients, this fear of success getting in the way. And I have a theory around it. Um, so you've just described this feeling in your stomach so before I tell you about Mm. the theory I want to just know more about that you said that it's a feeling in the pit of my stomach and when I feel it it makes me kind of you know step back and think nah I'm not going there so tell me more about that feeling and when it shows up it sort of shows up when my self-doubt starts kicking in so quite often it can be I can be really in the flow of things and uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Recently, I've been doing an assignment for a qualification that I'm doing with work. And I was doing really well, chugging along with the assignment, writing all these words down and feeling really inspired. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this, this, I started to think about the next question. And then this just dread, this feeling, this ball in the pit of my stomach just started appearing. And it is so similar to... When I'm feeling anxious about something, it's like quite similar sort of feeling and in the same area. And it just becomes the point where I start dwelling on that feeling instead of concentrating on the work (laughs) I've got to do. And then sort of the inner critic kicks in then if it says, well, you know, you've got a lot of work to do and there's time frame and you're not necessarily going to be able to achieve it. So it just becomes all encompassing about it just seems to overtake and sort of balloon across all of my thoughts. 
So you have the the physical feeling in your stomach, mm. but that is um, coupled with this narrative in your mind, which is all about, it would seem, how much time you have to do something. Why yes. do you think the time element is so important? I'm used to working with deadlines, and a lot of my job is focused around deadlines. Okay. And I know I seem to carry that across into my personal life as well. And again, going back to the high expectations of myself and saying, right, okay, I'm, I, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this by X date. And, you know, whether it be, um, you know, exercising and saying, right, okay, by this point, I'm going to be able to do so many burpees within a minute, you know. <laughs> And if I don't achieve it, instead, uh, you know, it becomes as time comes close to that. And if I start doubting and thinking, oh, well, I'm not quite where I wanted to be. And then I just sort of sadly give up a little bit on myself. Yeah, totally. And and on that journey towards one of your time based goals, this is why I hate smart goals, by the way, yeah. because I think that time frame <laughs> yeah. causes such issues for people who have the, the fear of mm. success. But on that journey. Are you procrastinating? As in? Leaving everything of... towards the last minute. Would oh, you do yes. that? You yes. do do that. Yes, yes. I've done it since I was in school. And <laughs> I, I'm i one of these people who will joke and will say, I work well under pressure. That's where I get my best <laughs> results. That's where I get, submit my best pieces of it. That's where I get my best ideas. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. So you would actually say that? Now, this is interesting because we've got the inner dialogue that says you're never going to get there. You're never going to finish it. You haven't got enough time. You, you know, that that sort of time pressure thing. But your outer dialogue is saying I work well like that. And actually, I'm better if I wait until the last minute and then I can really get things done. So actually, those two things are, are joined together. So you've got this narrative that you are constantly telling yourself that you work better under pressure. And therefore, you're supporting yourself in the procrastination through your outer dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then your inner dialogue is seeing that that does put you under pressure and that sometimes you, you might not get to the goal and other times you do. And, and creating the inner dialogue as well. So actually, the focus needs to be on changing both things. Because <laughs> we're brilliant at articulating mm-hmm. All of these things that we're good at and not good at outwardly with our with our dialogue that don't actually support us in making a change. Because if you're constantly telling yourself you're brilliant under pressure, there isn't any reason for you to change and think about actually spreading yourself out over a longer time period. Because mm. your your dialogue isn't supporting you to say, actually, from now on, I'm going to start things on day one. And then I'm going to have 30 days to make this happen rather than starting on day 29 because I'm really good under pressure. Hmm. Do you see what I mean there in terms of the stories that we can create, the excuses that we can create that support us then in these unhelpful behaviours that make it even more difficult for us to move towards our goals. So I think it's about shining a light on both the inner dialogue from the inner critic and what we say outwardly as well in terms of the excuses that we use and with the inner dialogue I think it's really key to I I talked to to women in particular about giving their inner critic a persona and a name so we know that the inner critic obviously resides inside our head and it's constantly feeding us critique that's its job 
there to keep us safe. We know that too. And I like to look at the inner critic as one of those um, dear old aunts that your parents used to take you to see when you were a kid. And, and the aunt would have lots of advice, lots of shoulds and shouldn'ts. And you'd sit there respectfully and then you'd leave the house and go, I'm not going to do any of that. No way. And I like to look at the inner critic in the same way as somebody that you give lots of respect to because the intention that the inner critic has is a positive one, wants to keep you safe, but equally wants to keep you small and in your comfort yeah. zone. So actually detaching and dissociating it from you and giving it a persona, giving it a name, even giving it a voice that isn't your voice helps you to really sit up and notice when it's giving you all of the wonderful advice that it likes to give. And then you can see it as a separate entity to you and one that you can nod and respect. But thank you very much. I don't need that opinion because I'm going to do this instead. Mm. And then you would change the dialogue with your outer voice to say, you know, this is what I'm going to do instead. Thank you very much. But no, thanks. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the, the theory that I was telling you about and I think one of the things that perhaps is causing this reaction both the physical um, the physical reaction that you get and the inner critic reaction is the gap between these mad goals that you set mammoth and demanding goals mm. nothing wrong with having those <laughs> and what I call the self-worth baseline so you might you won't have read about it because I've created it the self-worth baseline is your your baseline for your self value your self-worth um how you feel about you so outwardly you said you're brilliant at putting on this you know this persona of a successful person that clearly works because people give you the feedback that you're driven and positive and dead good at motivating people so outwardly you're you're putting out everything that you need to but then you're eroding on the inside because you don't truly believe it mm. and that's about where your baseline currently is mm. And every project starts with a baseline. You know, we want to understand where it is we are currently so that we know where we're going to grow to. Now, if your baseline is low and then your your mad goal that you're setting is high, big, mountain sized, then your subconscious looks at the gap between those two things and goes, yeah, right. She's never going to achieve this because she doesn't believe that she can. Because all of her self-talk is saying that she's no good she can never do it on time mm. she's not going to be able to achieve it etc cetera, etc cetera. so she's got no chance so you then start off in pursuit of the goal and your subconscious says well, no no we're not doing this because she doesn't believe she can she's got this fear of success double-edged fear of failure mm. and therefore let's sabotage her efforts so that she doesn't have to feel the pain of of not create not getting to her goal so you'll have then a number of sabotage behaviours, I'm sure. Can you identify what one of those might be? So um, it could be, for example, I'm, you know, I, I love sort of learning and and taking on board information and buying books and listening to podcasts and watching <laughs> the YouTube videos. And then I write things down of all the notes that inspire me and then I don't do anything with them (laughs) 
no, so to me that's self-sabotage that. yeah <laughs> you know so there's that or you know sort of I you know recently embarked I'm um, partway through a sort of lifestyle sort of change because um, I'm trying to get my fitness back trying to you know get back on track with nourishing my body and being yeah. very mindful about the language that I use around those two things as well and I had a bit of a low moment about 10 days ago where I was really tired, really achy and thought, oh, well, that one biscuit, oh, you know, I just need that sugar pick me up because I think my body needs sugar. No, my yeah. body just needed sleep. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then from there, then it was, oh, well, I've had one biscuit, so I've flown it, so I might as well have a few more biscuits and that and that and that. Yeah. And then the feelings then just become overwhelming. Now, I was really proud of myself for picking myself back up the following day. Yes. And I, yes, <laughs> so I did. So for me, that's a huge achievement. But that is a pattern which mm. I have. Um, and not just around food and fitness, around things to do with work as well, like put myself forward for things and then sort of going, oh, no, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> And then, and, you know, brilliant, yeah, and then, but they, you know, and then missing out on brilliant opportunities and then kicking myself in and I see other people and I think, oh, you know, I, I, that, that could have been me, that could be my opportunity and what could have happened then as a result of that. So perfect example then, you've got these fitness goals in place, self-value is perhaps where it needs to be, you're Mm. in pursuit of the goal, it's getting a bit tough as these things are when they're mad goals. And then you've got outer and inner dialogue competing with each other. Just have a biscuit. Oh, you're tired. You need to have some sugar. Da, 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 da. And of course, we use that as the excuse then to to just kind of opt out of the goal. Mm. And what's beautiful is that you've opted back in again remarkably quickly and not let that one blip turn into several days of blips, which is mm. brilliant. But what we've got there is a demonstration of that sabotage loop. Yeah. Now, my theory is with the mad goal, we need to break that mad goal down into small manageable steps. And you've mentioned those at the beginning and you talk to your leaders about doing that, Mm. you know, because if you can bite size that mad goal into a little molehill and then another (laughs) molehill and then another molehill rather than the giant mountain, suddenly the mad goal that is up here comes right down. And and the first step of it will be perceived as being achievable by your subconscious. It's not as scary. But then also we have to bring up the self-worth baseline to match it so that we have the self-worth and the goal on what my grandma used to call a level pegging. So <laughs> they are both at the same point and therefore there's no gap between them and your subconscious isn't threatened by that and it allows you to take that step and move forward and then you can take another bite-sized chunk and then another one and then another one so the self-worth baseline is is underpinned by your self-belief how you look and talk to yourself Mm. you know the things that that erode it are things like the self-doubt the negative self-talk the negative self-image and what we want to do is be able to build it up by doing things like writing down a hundred things that you love about yourself and you're smiling at me why are you <laughs> smiling at me because the thought of writing down a hundred things 
I wish the listeners could see you because you literally like recoiled in your chair in horror. And you're not the only one because we uh, many of us feel like that. What do you mean a hundred things? I might be able to find three or five if I'm lucky. <laughs> but yeah, one hundred things. Imagine you you get to a hundred and that's up in your wardrobe door. And every morning you open the, the wardrobe when you're feeling like, oh, I can't be bothered doing those burpees. And then you are smacked in the face by a hundred things that is amazing about you. It helps to level up that that baseline. Mm. Then you get the self-talk in check with the reframing of the thoughts. So when you're saying, looking in the mirror and going, oh, you're so useless or you're so fat or all of the horrible things mm. we say to each other, to ourselves, you think about your inner critic. So mine is Miss Medler and she looks like Dorothy Cotton from EastEnders. <laughs> and I think about her saying that and I go, no, thank you. And then I tell myself that I'm credible and capable and beautiful and, and reinforce the positive opposite of what I've heard the inner critic say. Mm. And that then over time starts to level up this baseline and bring it further up and further up. Now, the challenge with it is, of course, it takes lots of work. And just like you're training your physical muscles at the moment, we have to train the, the mindset muscles all the time. And if we don't, then we end up falling off the cliff. And, you know, we feel that those cognitive elements are, are going down and down and down. And, and we start to get the, the gap again between the baseline and the goals. So it's consistent effort that needs to be required. And you mentioned something about the books there. And it's this difference between informational and transformational. And the difference between those two things is in the doing. So, you know, we can read, you can have this session, you can take in all the information that you give to your leaders, or you can take that and start to do something with it in small bite-sized chunks every day. And that's the difference between informational and transformational is the doing and, and not, by the way, in the trying, because what you've just said before is I'm trying to look after my physical fitness I'm trying to get fitter I'm trying to work harder but you're not trying at it you're doing it I'm, I'm laughing because I tell people often we're using the word trying of course you do, of course you do. <laughs> because it's it's not a positive statement that you're using so laugh because I didn't even pick up on the fact that I'd used that word you know and what What's funny is at the same time you were talking about, and I have to make sure that I'm focusing on my language. So this is the thing. We know it. I know it. It doesn't mean that I never mess it up. I mess it up every day. You know, one of my big ones is the, the cognitive biases and the cognitive distortions. And I use those all the time. I've just done one now saying that I use them all the time. Of course, I don't. I use them often. <laughs> but, you know, just because we know the theory, as individuals doesn't mean that it's easy for us to do it and that's where the commitment comes isn't it that constant yeah. effort so we have this this self-worth baseline this mad goal we want to bring the two things together to close the gap yeah by bringing up your self-value from things like understanding all the things that are wonderful about you reframing thoughts 
perhaps affirmations as well are you familiar with affirmation yes yeah I, again something that you know I've read about but I don't use <laughs> <laughs> so again it's trying to think you know how can I fit them in how can and you fit them in so it's part of my day and I can put them in because I have the time but yeah. oh there we are mm. the woman has just said out loud that she has the time and you're in the <laughs> critic likes to tell you that you haven't oh <laughs> I'm loving this thing. <laughs> so let's talk about affirmation briefly. Tell me about, give me one thing that the inner critic likes to say to you often. That, um, so something my inner critic says often would be, what's the point in doing this? What's the point in, in you know, changing your lifestyle? You've been like this for so many years. Why change it now? Um, just because you were fit and you know full of energy and positive going back four years ago doesn't mean that you're going to get it back now doesn't mean that you're going to feel the same as you did four years ago so that's the sort of thing that the inner critic says so what's the point you you passed it now there's no point changing yeah you're never going to get back what you got before that's yes. what it's saying to you so from an affirmation perspective what would be the thing that you, what would be the ideal you? Talk to me about the ideal you. So the ideal me is someone who is positive and radiates that positivity and is someone who, you know, sort of absorbs all the, the wonderful things outside in the world and, you know, is grateful for everything and is someone who doesn't let things stand in her way. So is someone who sees an opportunity and goes for it. And yes, there might be that tiny little bit we go, well, what if? Well, what if I, you know, is that I've got, um, actually, I've got a card that a friend sent me. What if I fall, fall? or darling, what if I fly? Oh, yeah, I love that saying. And, and that would be me on my best day. I love I think that. That, that. That sums it up nicely. So just so not having just, that fear. Mm. And you've just mentioned a really good term there. That what if term is a really good one for your subconscious. So if you can, if you have a doubt and you reframe that with a what if question, you know, so it was on that card there, what if I fall? Mm. But then reframe that to yes, but what if you fly? Mm. That the second half of that gives your subconscious mind a problem to go away and solve and, and subconscious loves that because it can figure out what it's going to look and feel like if you were to fly mm. and of course if you're focused on the first part of that meme which is what if I fall and you're saying that to yourself then your subconscious is figuring that out too yeah. <laughs> because it gives you whatever you focus on mm. so so talking about what you're looking for you want to be positive radiating positivity you want to be living a life of gratitude and you want to be seen as this person who sees an opportunity and grasps it with both hands. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of what you're looking to be. So if we think about the affirmation, we've got the self-talk that's saying, oh, what's the point? Why are you bothering changing now? Just useless. Past it. Don't bother. Just eat biscuits. We've got <laughs> that going on from your version of Miss Medler. What we want to do is we want to replace that with an affirmation. And the affirmation would be something along the lines of, um, I am, I am, 
totally committed to seeing the opportunities and grasping them with both hands. You know, I'm living my best life. I'm radiating positivity and attracting positivity mm. back into my life. And, and with an affirmation, you want to be bringing them together with um, kind of making it your truth now. So it might not be what you believe necessarily about yourself, but you frame the affirmation as if it is already happening. So it starts with I am usually, or you could do I choose, but I am, and you want to inject a load of emotion into it so that you kind of get excited about it. And then you want the positive opposite of what you're trying to get away from. So you're trying to get away from this apathy, this giving up, this you're not worth it type scenario. And you want to move towards this seeing opportunities and grabbing them with both hands. Mm. And so that the affirmation, importantly, isn't I am moving away from my what's the point attitude because we don't want to focus on the thing that you don't want. Instead, it's, I am seeing the opportunities and grasping them with both hands. There's a real difference between those two. Yeah. Can you see that difference? And, and and it's that true belief, isn't it? That, that that's what I want and that's what I want to change to. And I want to leave the, that negativity behind. Totally. And And mm. it doesn't matter if you don't believe it. So a lot of people stall with affirmations because they go, oh, I'm, I'm telling myself that I love my stomach, you know, and, and I'm, I have this lean and healthy body and I really don't, you know, they might say to me, I'm a size 20 and I'm a fat blob, which is the inner critic. Mm. And I'll say, it doesn't matter that you don't believe it because the, the saying of it and the imagining it that it's your truth, that's what the subconscious needs in order to move towards it. And to drive you in your actions and in pursuit of your goals so that it becomes your truth. Mm. So I have this saying of um, believe it till you become it. And that's what the affirmations are about. And to your earlier point when you get when you said, how do I fit it in? I mean, we have a million things to do, don't we, as women mm. and men. And so I like to advise people to anchor habits together. Okay. So one of the easiest ways to incorporate affirmations into your day is to create three or four of them that really, really talk to the inner critic and create the positive opposite and then have them on post-it notes on your bathroom mirror. You'll be so glad you're single at this point because <laughs> I'm sure my husband must think I'm a lunatic because I have them all over the mirror all the time. <laughs> He just embraces it. But if you're on your own, it's great because no one's yeah. <laughs> winning. <laughs> so you have them on post-it notes. And whilst you're brushing your teeth, you're just reading them. You don't even have to say it out loud because you're going to have a mouthful of toothpaste. But you're just reading them and absorbing that new truth. And you brush your teeth twice a day, I hope. Yes. And as part <laughs> of that routine, for two minutes, you're reading this positivity, you know, this this affirmational thinking about yourself. You could even squat at the same time, you know, if <laughs> you wanted to do that. <laughs> might be a step too far. <laughs> Seven to eight foot, next go. <laughs> <laughs> but this idea of rather than it being an extra thing you've got to shove into your day, 
you incorporate it with stuff that you you know you have to do and you use that time really effectively yeah and having the prompts on your bathroom mirror means that you do it but the brain is quite lazy and after a few days and maybe a week you stop seeing the post-it notes because you've seen them every day and you kind of go well whatever so it's really Mm. important that you switch it up so I this might sound crazy but I have different colored post-it notes and I change the color of the post-it note and rewrite the affirmations out so that when I go in it looks different I like that because the rewriting as well I know I do learn from writing so that physical action of writing down would be brilliant for me so that's that's a really wonderful idea thank you totally when you're running it's good when you're on a train it's good not when you're driving it's no. not so good to do that because <laughs> you might go off on one <laughs> but the other key element of affirmational thinking is to have the visualization that supports it too so whenever I'm talking to the clients about setting goals I get them and you'll know this from your job I get them to think about what's it going to look and feel like when they get there so if you just close your eyes now and you think about this this goal that you have around your fitness at the moment and I want you to just see yourself in 12 months time I want you to put a massive cinema screen in front of you maybe about 50 meters in front of you And that represents a movie of you in 12 months' time. Mm -hmm. And I want you to make it really colourful. And the the screen's massive, like you would see at those drive-through cinemas. And I want you to just start to articulate to me what you can see on that giant screen. I see me smiling. I see lots of beautiful colours in nature. I see my place of work and me walking and holding my head high and just being really you know having an air of confidence about me but not a, a an air of arrogance and just feeling really grateful for all the hard work that I put in to get me to the place of where I've wanted to be for a number of, well for quite a while um and just sort of feeling ready to embrace anything that comes at me Oh wow! Um, tell me what you're wearing. Keep going. I'm, Close your eyes. Keep going. I'm I'm wearing a set of high heels. I'm um, oh. and they're like a nude colour. I'm wearing a peachy pink pleated skirt that comes to just below my knee, and wearing uh, like a creamy coloured top, like a creamy coloured silky sort of top. Classy lady, you're smiling. <laughs> Tell me what confidence looks like. How do you know you're confident? Because of my body posture, the way that I'm holding myself. So I've got my shoulders back. I'm looking up and what's around me and not at the floor. Um, wow. I'm just feeling, looking quite relaxed as well with my body language. So, you know, not how holding any tension in my shoulders or my arms or my hands gorgeous so you can see that you're watching that movie how does it feel for you now to be watching that oh I feel like I've got this really wonderful feeling in the upper part of my chest like feeling quite proud and positive and just really raring and ready to go oh lovely 
Now, I'll tell you what I want you to do. So I want you to just blank out that movie screen for me at that 50 metre point in front of you. And I want you to imagine coming forward about 10 metres and blasting up another movie screen, slightly smaller than the one behind it. And this is going to represent you at nine months time. So we know what it's going to look and feel like at 12 months. But I want you to run a movie now at nine months that tells you what you will need to be doing at nine months to contribute to that 12-month picture, that 12-month movie. And just let that movie start to run. And then when you've got it, just start to tell me what's happening. So as that's happening, I've invested more in myself fitness-wise and realised that I am the driver behind getting my fitness goals and the things that I can do at home because I've got the time to do it. Um, and I've taken up opportunities with work to become more involved in different associations within work. And that's provided me with new opportunities. Um, and that confidence then has spilled out into my personal life further and give me the confidence to really show the world who I am and not be <gasps> afraid or ashamed. <laughs> I love that. So no feeling afraid or ashamed. Beautiful. No. Is this emotional for you? It is. It does yeah, feel. It does feel, yeah, you know, it does feel really emotional because it's saying those things out loud and it's, I'm saying to myself what I want and that I'm, worthy of it and I'm worthy yes. of investment in myself love it put yourself back in that nine-month picture for me I want you to see yourself you're taking responsibility you're starting to try new things put yourself forward and you're confident in doing that you're taking that step towards that 12-month goal where you're wearing that beautiful outfit and exuding all of that confidence but there's still a little bit of hesitation. You're not quite at the 12 month point. You can see that you're having to work hard at putting yourself out there, but you're willing to do it. And that's growing arms and legs through every single aspect of your life, personal, work, how you look, how you feel, how you show up. Beautiful. I want you to just close down that movie screen at nine months come forward another 10 meters to 30 meters in front of you blow up another movie screen a little bit smaller and I want you to run a movie of what it's going to be like at six months from now that is going to take you towards the nine and the 12 month pictures so it's lots of hard work um but work that I enjoy doing and putting into myself so it's going to be time where I've invested a lot in myself and I've actually put the time aside for myself and recognised that I need to do that. Um, it's about having conversations with people in work. It's about having conversations with the people around me and building up that support network and actually having those conversations to say, look, this is the support I need from you. Instead of saying, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, or, you know, um, putting other people's needs before my own and other people's worries before myself. Um, so it's just and about how carving out. I look 
I can see a, a visible change in myself uh, and a very noticeable change. So again, sort of that air of, you know, that confidence is starting to really blossom into the way I have my my hair, my makeup, um, feeling confident in the clothes and actually being quite bold in the clothes that I'm wearing. Wow. Uh, and being a little bit more, what people would say is out there, but actually being a little bit more me and showing the me yes. on the outside. Yes. Not out there, just you mm. being you. And what you what you're noticing in this six month picture is, it's hard work. It's going to be hard work to get to that twelve month point, but you're prepared to put the work in. You're being curious. You're reaching out and asking for help, and you can see the difference between where you are now and the six month point. Mm. Love it. Okay, <laughs> close your eyes back down, because we're gonna. Close that movie down at the six month point now. We're going to come forward to 20 meters in front of you and we're going to blow up. It's quite a small screen now and you're going to see you in three months time. Mm -hmm. And I want you to think about what you're doing at three months time to contribute to the six, nine, 12 month pictures. And just talk to me about that. So at that point, I've really detoxed the things that are around me and looked at the things that aren't serving me so you know even down to social media how and thinking about how that influences my thoughts looking at the box that I've got in the house and thinking you know do I really need to hold on to this uh, looking <laughs> at my wardrobe and thinking why have I kept hold of this for so long um having that conversation with my hairdresser and getting the hairstyle that I've been thinking about having for ages but I haven't quite had the confidence to do um, and seeing the physical changes in the way that my clothes feel on me, the way that I'm starting to venture into things that I've held back from. So, you know, opportunities to, um, you know, meet up with different people and, well, if, if the coronavirus allows. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, thinking about the type of book that I'm reading and the type of, you know, audio books that I listen to as well and really investing in myself more and oh, seeing this, that I'm starting to see those changes as well. I love it. So this, this is about you really upping up the self-respect that self-worth baseline you're talking about decluttering about letting go of stuff that doesn't serve you in order for you to create the time that you're going to be needing at that six month point you talked about having more time for you investing in you so this three month point is about you're making progress and you can see it but equally you're preparing you're getting everything ready setting your stall out so that you can leap forward and get towards that 12 month version Yes, that's right. But also what I want you to be able to see is the pursuit of that 12-month version isn't always easy. No. So when we think about those mad goals that you're setting and why your self-worth baseline is, even when your self-worth baseline is high, there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be challenges. It's not an easy journey to prioritize and work on you. But what you've got in all of these movies is this kind of oomph, 
and this desire to make it happen. And you can see that and you can feel that. And I can see it when you're talking about it. So I want you now to go back in. I want you to collapse down that three month picture, travel all the way back to that 50 meter point and blow up that 12 month one again. See you in that beautiful outfit. And what I want you to do this time is I want you to imagine stepping into her shoes and really feel what it's going to feel like to be that version of you. And just talk to me about how that feels. It just feels really warm and inviting and somewhere that it just feels right to be there. And it just feels, I have this feeling of being unstoppable in my pursuit of what I want. Oh, I love that. Unstoppable. Where do you feel unstoppable? Tell me what it feels like in your body. In, in, in every aspect of my life. But it's, again, it's this really warm feeling that I have in my, my chest. In it's just chest. a really positive feeling. And it's Gorgeous. a really nice, comforting feeling. That's how I describe it as well. It's a really sort of positive and comforting and inviting feeling gorgeous now what i want you to do then i want you to while you're in her shoes i want you to think about the three or four traits that she needs you to display the you that's there now that she needs you to start displaying now and all the way through the 12 months in order to make sure that you create that version of her that version of her that is in you already what are the traits that she needs you to display Courage, positivity, yeah, gratitude, yes. and self-belief. Self-belief. Okay, step out of her shoes. Bring yourself all the way back to the start point to where you are now. And I want you to imagine, as you're watching her on that movie screen, I want you to imagine now that you've got a firework in your hand. And it's a rocket. And I want you to put into that rocket courage, positivity, gratitude, and self-belief. Load that rocket with those four incredible traits. And I want you to bring up now all four of the movie screens so that you can see them all one behind the other, every version of you. And I want you to now imagine lighting the touch paper on the firework, health and safety and firing that through every single one of those screens all the way down to that 12-month version of you. Do that now. And when it reaches that 12-month one, I want you to collapse all but the 12-month screen. And then I want you to imagine shrinking down that 12-month screen so it's teeny tiny like a doll's house TV. Tiny, tiny now, I'm at a 50 meter point. You could probably barely see it. But now I want you to bring that TV towards you and just imagine opening a window on the front of your chest and placing that inside next to your heart so that you can carry that vision with you as you move forward. And one final thing before you open your eyes, you've mentioned this beautiful feeling in your chest that's comforting and warm and inviting. Whenever you sense that feeling in your stomach, that feeling of dread, 
I want you to bring yourself back to that 12-month version of you so that you can elicit that feeling in your chest instead. And remember that courage, that positivity, that gratitude and that self-belief that will erode that feeling that's in your stomach and replace it with all of those positive feelings that you need to keep taking a step forward. And then whenever you're ready to just come out of that gorgeous feeling again, <laughs> probably never will, <laughs> you <No>. can open <laughs> your eyes. Well done. How oh, did you find that? That felt really empowering, really empowering. And it felt emotional as well, doing it. It, it, it does, because it's, you know, sort of, I don't isn't it? amazing that is how hard it is to want to find that drive to invest in yourself but it did feel that the the overwhelming feeling was in empowering definitely oh I love that word I love that word and what I'd love you to do is whenever you get a moment you know whether that's at work or in the car or or wherever not in the car actually ignore that bit (laughs) anywhere where you're not prone to danger (laughs) I want you to imagine yourself in those shoes and just keep building up the power of that feeling because like affirmation you don't have to believe it visualizations and having those printed in your future for you to move towards are hugely powerful sources of energy and the more that you can connect with them the more likely it is that you will make that your reality. So I want you to kind of focus on some of that more um, visual type stuff, as well as the affirmations, for the, you know, so really get clear with your inner critic, listen to the inner critic over the next week or so, write down the themes and the narratives that you hear, and then create a set of affirmations that cancel those out yeah okay we want reframing thoughts in the moment so whenever you become aware that your miss meddler is saying something to you automatic reframe Mm. building up the visual picture so that becomes stronger and stronger and stronger so keep visiting that movie that's in your mind and being acutely aware of your outer dialogue too and making sure that those patterns and stories that you've got into aren't equally eroding your self-worth baseline. Because we, we, we'd say them because we've said them for so long. Mm. But actually, that pattern around, I feel I'm really good under pressure, is not serving you to come out of that procrastination habit. So as well as doing the positive reframing of the inner critic, we want the positive reframing of your language. And I know that that is hard, but the more awareness you can shine on it, the more you'll catch yourself doing it. And it's not to say that you'll never say those things again, because of course you will. But immediately you hear yourself say them, you go, oh, done that thing again. Actually, of course I can start on day one and then I'm going to have no pressure whatsoever and I'm going to flourish through it. And it's going to be so much easier and I'm going to have time for other stuff and it's going to be amazing. That makes sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. It does. 
so in terms obviously it's quite a short session today but in terms of kind of what you've got from it so far what what are your thoughts and what are you going to go and do differently I feel that I reconnected with a part of myself that I I want to get back to and I want to get to know again and the surprising thing for me was the visualization because you know I, I think I have tried it before and had maybe a little bit of self-doubt around it if I'm honest I don't know is this really gonna work <laughs> but I can honestly say that the emotions that I felt doing it showed me that I can do it and I, I do believe it because it's what I want um the affirmations you know the simple things as you said if you build it into part of your day it just becomes ingrained and stacked I think is it the word you, you used yeah so yeah. stacked on to um another habit so I do feel I've got a drive in me again to to really want to go out and pursue things for me and invest that time in me as well fabulous so thank you very much well importantly the next 24 hours is key because right. when you've got this fire in your belly rather than um, you go away now and do nothing for a week and think mm -hmm. about it it's really important that you go away and take some action so whether that be writing down some affirmations getting them up on your mirror whatever it might be so that you have made a step forward that's really important to kind of keep that fire in your belly burning and not let it go out and that's that difference between informational and transformational yeah yeah, no, I've, I've, I already know. I know where I've kept my um, post-it note. So I will be going <laughs> once I finish this and, and getting up the post-it note to write on them. Marvellous. Well, thank you so much for um, participating. And um, I look forward to hearing where it's going to take you, Kate. Thank you very much. And I promise to update you on uh, the forthcoming changes, which I'm looking forward to. Thank you. <laughs> I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.